realize that when I have software developers on here, they're usually Macintosh software developers. That's because I use Macs exclusively, and I especially like to interview developers I know or those whose software I'm familiar with. Well, I'm stepping outside that box today with a developer of a predominantly Windows-specific software company, Logos Bible Software. Logos has recently developed a Mac version, but we're mainly going to focus on the Windows version for the roughly 75% of our listeners who aren't listening on a Mac. Mac users, the Mac and Windows versions are very similar, so pause this podcast right now and go check out a demo of the Mac version so that you can take a look at it while you're listening. We also have a special guest tech tip this week and another iPod follow-up suggestion of the week. If you're serious about Bible study, you've probably heard of Logos Bible Software. But if you don't own it, you may be unfamiliar with their feature set or even wonder, is this software for me? Today we have Daniel Foster from Logos to tell us more about their software. Welcome, Daniel. Thanks. Could you give us a history of the Logos software company? Well, uh, the the company started out literally in a basement um, in around the early 90s. Um, Bob Pritchett was working for Microsoft, and he and a friend got together and Bob had been doing some development of a basic, like, uh, searchable King James Bible for years, you know, when he was a high school student, uh, swapping them on bulletin board services and things like that. Um, but he and this uh, this buddy at Microsoft got together and pr- together produced the first uh, commercial Bible software for Windows. Um, and Bob's father, Dale Pritchett, uh, helped out with the sales and marketing. He had a background in real estate and um, jumped into the marketing side of things. And it really grew from there. So um, in 1995, uh, the company released version 2.0 of that software. And then in 2001, there was another milestone when we released the Libronix Digital Library System. And it was an all-new platform, still read the same books, you know, so it was backward compatible. People could use their same books that they had purchased before. uh, But it added a lot more flexibility to the system and much more expandability. So it went from... You know, our base packages at the time uh, had maybe 20 or 30. Uh, you know, a big package might have 80 books, and now our top-selling package has um, over 240 books. Wow. Tell us more about uh, Libronix. Well, the core idea is that it's a digital library system, and so we went and thought about kind of the background of some of the, the people who worked on that early version, um, the first version, were had a background in library science. So we went and thought about what what do you want out of a digital library and categorization, you know, cataloging, make it easy to find books, um, keep the books in a form that that respects the fact that, that they are books so we don't chunk things up into a database, but we actually preserve a fully scrollable book on the screen. Uh, we preserve the metadata so that it's almost like a card catalog. You can can look for books by author, subject, um, title, and and um, then we also, you know, of course, wanted to make them searchable. And we were really interested in this idea of linking, so that almost, in fact, every word inside of a Libronix DLS resource can be a link to some kind of resource that would give you more information about that word. So, for example, if it's a Greek word, you can double-click any Greek word in the system and look up that word in a lexicon. And if it's an English word, you know, you can look it up in any number of uh, resources that are organized by, you know, one entry per English word, like a dictionary. So there was this this paradigm that we implemented that's, you know, books, and yet 
uh, digital, and yet more than just a pile of, you know, um, PDF text on your hard drive, the idea was to make make uh, each book interact with the other books so that you'd kind of reach this critical mass where you could study um, with these digital books and they could replace your your bookshelf. They could replace all of your print volumes. And many of our users are on a quest to do that. <laughs> you know, you hear users in, the, in, in our news groups or in their blogs, they'll talk about, uh, hey, I'm selling, you know, 30-foot, uh, 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 30 shelf feet worth of books, and I'm, I'm going to free that up. My wife wants me to, to take less space, and I'm getting all of those on my hard drive. Wow. So we offer about 5,000 uh, titles right now. Really? Well, yeah, my wife one day walked into my office and uh, looked at the books on the shelves, and um, she says, have you uh, read all these? And I said, <laughs> well, no, a lot of them are referenced. And she says, so is your goal to fill up all these shelves with books? <laughs> and uh, I said, no, actually, CD-ROMs. Uh. So, but that was a few years ago, and that was before we had multi-gigabyte hard drives. Um, the way we do now, which makes it a lot more feasible to just put it all in your hard drives a lot faster than CD. Yeah, I look at those. I think uh, when we when we moved from Oak Harbor to Bellingham, Washington in 2002, I was helping do some of the move and, and digging through and finding those, uh, you know, the floppy disks, the three and a half mm. inch yep. floppy disks, and thinking, oh man, I'm glad I glad I wasn't <laughs> a user back in the day. It sounds like it would be painful to have to keep swapping disks, but yeah, that's a thing of the past. Yeah. So is there anything unique about uh, Libronics that separates it from other products like it? Well, one of the um, one of the key things is the, the 5,000 book list. Uh, just There's nobody else that even comes close in terms of the number of resources available. I think it's helpful to think of Libronics DLS as a publishing platform that's a shared publishing platform. Um, and the fact that, that many of the people who listen to your show are Lutherans uh, makes this a really easy point to illustrate. Um, we work with uh, Fortress and Concordia, and they put out uh, many products of their own, but they use our technology. Um, so that means that any of these books that have a CD-ROM in the back that, that, that are printed by Augsburg Fortress, you'll you'll be able to install that CD-ROM, and that book just becomes part of your digital library. It's a seamless integration, just like books on a shelf. Then they also have done some things like publish uh, the Luther's works on CD-ROM. And this was really, truly monumental. Uh, basically, everything that had been translated into English on disk. So a whole slew of volumes. I think it's 55 volumes of print. Yep. Yeah, and it's a lot cheaper to buy it digitally than on paper. You bet. Yep, you bet. And you get the added bonus of being able to search everything. Uh, one of the unique features of our software is that every time there's a Bible reference, that's a hot link. So when it, whatever kind of book you're looking at, if it cites a scripture reference, you can hover your mouse pointer over that scripture reference and preview it in a little tip window. Or you can click that and open up your preferred Bible version to read more, uh, you know, the context for that Bible verse. So some of these things are fairly unique. I would say the fact that we just work with so many publishers uh, and they've chosen us to be their partner so that 
you don't find yourself in a position where you have to buy three or four different software programs and install them all and learn them all just to be able to read and use electronic books. Our goal is to work with every every uh, uh, religious you know publisher and have them license their books to us or use our technology in the way that Oxford Fortress does and make all of the books accessible in one digital library. And, you know, now that we're at 5,000 books, the next target's 10 and, and 20 and beyond. I mean, there's just really no upper limit. Okay. So, yeah, my biggest complaint is uh, that you guys didn't have the Luther's works done yet while I was still in seminary. <laughs> so I had to keep looking in the indexes and to find the quotes and things that I needed. I've heard uh, we, we get a lot of great stories emailed to us. And one of my favorites is from the the seminary student who just graduated and then bought our software and said, basically, I shed tears when I realized I, I did the same search that I'd spent all of a uh, winter break, you know, looking through these volumes that no one had ever checked out of the library. I was the first one to use many of them. And, you know, I was just doing this grueling research, and then I bought the software, I sat down, and, you know, in five minutes I had had what it took me, you know, a couple weeks of work. <laughs> uh, so that was, um, I guess, gratifying, but also somewhat sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're trying to get the word out so that that doesn't happen. So is it fairly easy for um, publishers to convert their uh, materials to, to your format? Is there, uh, as far as uh, licensing and all that, uh, if, you know, small publishers are interested, uh, what do they need to do? Most of the time, uh, what, we, what we really prefer to do, um, and most publishers choose this route, is that, is that we handle all of the technical details. So they hand us, if they have electronic files, they give us those, even if they're really ugly, you know, Word documents or mm -hmm. something like that. Uh, it gives us a start. Um, we, For many, many books, I'd say probably still the majority, we're working from print. Really? So, yeah, we, we start with, um, and we have, you know, processing, data processing providers that, that help with this, but we start with keying in the text. Uh, typically, there are two data streams, so two people are typing every page, and then those data streams are compared to find any errors. Oh, and good idea. Yeah, so we, we aim for, you know, 99% plus accuracy. Um, and then we go through and, and we get the files back, and we have to go through them with our team here. And they do things like, you know, tagging for scripture references and the Greek and Hebrew and, and so on. Um, but... But yeah, we try to take the load off of the publisher. So we sign a contract with them and we, you know, we pay them royalties and so on, but they don't have to worry about how it gets converted. Okay. Well, we have sense. a, we have a guy here full time who, who works just, you know, signing up new publishers and, and helping shepherd that process through getting their content digitized. Hmm. So you already mentioned Luther's works and that is the St. Louis edition. Um, what other modules, uh, books do you offer um, that would be of specific interest to Lutherans? Well, a number of them are going to be Augsburg Fortress titles. Uh, we recently offered a collection. You could actually buy 20 print books. We still offered on our website, uh, www.logos.com, L-O-G-O-S.com. Mm -hmm. um, it's 20 print books that have the CD-ROM in the back. That's kind of an interesting, you know, unique thing. Um, Augsburg Fortress is one of the only publishers to do that, uh, but we made it real easy for, for people to 
to to get all of those. And, you know, they're Martin Luther's basic theological writings, introducing the Bible, introduction to world religions, uh, Palestine, the time of Jesus, a Reformation reader. So there's kind of a, a range there. Some of them are, are particularly Lutheran and some of them aren't. Um, we also right now have on our pre-publication page uh, a lectionary commentary that might be of interest to folks who you know who are in a church that follows the lectionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are those are just a couple, um, and then you know of course lots of commentaries that appeal to people from you know whatever denomination they're a part of. Sure. Things like the New American Commentary, Word Biblical Commentary. Um, we just we just released the International Critical Commentary series. It's a it's a big set, fifty yeah. some volumes, and it's it's kind of the one of the the top critical commentary series. I remember seeing it when I was working at the seminary library. I can I can still picture it where it is on the shelf. <laughs> I had fun taking the picture for the for that one. We took a picture of all the volumes and. I had to rearrange them three or four times to get them all in the shot because it's just <laughs> such a big stack of paper. So we're doing our part to save the environment by <laughs> oh, yeah. digitizing yeah, these too. So since most of our pastors uh, are trained to work with original languages, what do you offer in original language studies? Well, for for pastors and, and really, you know, a lot of lay people too, that what we suggest is instead of buying you know this book or that commentary series, mm-hmm. again the 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 benefit of the digital library system is having more books uh, because you can use our automated reports and other tools, and they will search through those books and find information for you. So you're not even having to open up each book sequentially and look at it, but you're running a report that searches through them, uh, pulls out, say, every every commentary, finds where it talks about the passage that you're studying, mm-hmm. you know, Mark 3 or whatever, and then opens those commentaries up to that passage. So our recommended starting place for pastors and lay people and seminary students really is the scholars library. Um, and folks who are who are interested can see a demo of that product. Actually it's kind of a demo of all the products at www.logos.com slash demo D E M O. Um, but Scholars Library is a good starting point because it has those Greek and Hebrew resources like the NA twenty seven, Nestle Alon twenty seventh edition the uh, BHS Hebrew Bible, interlinears, um, lexicons, the works, So and grammars. We've just made a big push on uh, publishing more grammars, so there are more of those coming down the pipe, too. Very handy. But, yeah, the idea there is that it's there are tools that, it, that you get with this package where if you're you know, a pastor who's been in the field for a few years and your Greek is real rusty, but you did take some, some seminary courses, there are tools that are there to kind of assist you and help you get back to where you want to be and, and continue growing in your in your knowledge of original languages. Um, but frankly, we have a lot of people who've never taken a class in Greek or Hebrew by the same package because they aspire to to work with the Greek and Hebrew. And we also offer tools for those people so that you can work with Strong's numbers, for example. And as you're doing word studies, uh, looking up Strong's numbers, you're getting kind of introduced to the Greek and Hebrew, and, and you can build proficiency. Or if you're taking a class, I mean, seminary students love uh, Scholar's Library for the same reason. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you can, uh, you know, besides just bringing up the parsing for a word, uh, you can actually go to the lexicon and, 
and double check. Now, what is subjunctive again? Exactly, right, for the grammatical helps. And then to, to find out more about that particular word, it's a matter of either double-clicking or, or right-clicking on it. Uh, there are a couple different options. But, yes, then you're looking at, um, uh, say, BDAG, Bauer, Danker, mm-hmm. Art, and Gingrich, which is actually a separate purchase. It's not part of Scholar's Library just because of the way it's licensed. Mm-hmm. Um, but we offer that, and we offer um, the Hebrew and Aramaic lexicon of the Old Testament, Halot, which is another, it's kind of the, the heavyweight for Hebrew. Yep. So those those are kind of, you know, premier lexicons we offer. Uh, TDNT is part of the Scholar's Library, so you can, you know, look up a word in, in Theological Dictionary of the New Testament. We offer the unabridged, the full, the full enchilada there. Uh, in the, in the package, we offer the intermediate, um, Greek English lexicon, Liddell and Scott. And then we just, a couple of years ago, published the full, I think we're the first and only one so far to publish the full Liddell and Scott, uh, Greek English lexicon. And that's kind of the big daddy, uh, because it also, um, includes Attic Greek and classical Greek definitions and words. And that's great because it gives you a better sense of usage at the time um, and helps emphasize the fact that, you know, the the New Testament wasn't written in some special language. It may have been a dialect, but it wasn't, uh, you know, Holy Ghost Greek, (laughs) as some people have called it. So we don't have a ton of things for classical Greek yet, but that's an area that I would love to see us grow in because that's something that I've studied. So whom do you see specifically benefiting from... Our president, Bob Pritchett, has said that 80% of our user base is pastors. Uh, and I think that, that pastors are the folks who are in the trenches, are preparing sermons every day, limited time, and they want to make the best use of that time. So pastors definitely benefit. Um, some say it shortens my time. You know, you'll hear stories about it taking hours, you know, like 50% off of the preparation time for Sunday sermon. Other folks say I end up just accessing more resources and doing more reading so the quality of my research is better, but I spend the same amount of time. So pastors, definitely. Seminary students, like I said, just can't live without it. <laughs> you know, they, most people can't imagine doing Greek classes anymore or Hebrew without these tools. And uh, a lot of lay people, especially Bible study leaders, we have a package that's, that's a bit smaller that doesn't have the Greek and Hebrew resources that's really tuned for Bible study leaders and people who are in a small group setting. Um, anybody, our target really is anybody who's serious about Bible study, and that's defined somewhat broadly, but typically we see those people spending a number of hours a week in Bible study, and those are the people who are going to see the most benefit from our software. You mentioned people that end up, uh, pastors end up spending more time but having better uh, quality mm-hmm. uh, research, and that's something that I've found that over time, you know, you said, I remember watching the Jetsons and, and they said, oh, these two hour work days are horrible. And, and, um, the idea was that as te- technology gets better, that it will, uh, save time. But you find people are working more overtime now than ever sure. because it has raised the standard. Mm-hmm. You can now do more with your time. And, um, and that's definitely true of Bible software that you can just, you can access so much more that you, before he would have said, I just don't have time to search all that stuff. Right. Or I I don't even have the money to get all the books on my right, shelf to right. have access or I can't make it over to the seminary library. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's kind of a an aspect to it where sometimes you just have to stop. I mean, when I've been preparing either for 
um, I don't preach often, but when I do, you get to a point where, say, okay, I could go search out more because I have all these, you know, theological journals that I could go look in. Um, but I've, I've just got to stop at some point. Right. And, but that's, you know, some of that's the fun factor too. I mean, it really it makes studying the Bible rather fun when you have all these resources at your fingertips mm-hmm. because you just kind of lose yourself in it and you just uh, get going and, and you're having a good time. And I, I love that. I think that's a great feature of the, of the, of the product. So where can people get a copy of this? Well, I'll direct people uh, to two places. One is the website, www.logos.com. And the other is the uh, 800 number. It's toll-free. And we have people here during business hours, Pacific Coast time. And that's 800-875-6467. Those are the best places to uh, to get a hold of us. And the web has information about every product, as in a listing of the complete contents of every product. Okay, so we can, you can see a, a complete list of of what's available in the different packages and all that. Right. And if you show up at the website, you'll see um, some product boxes right there at Logos.com, and, and you click those, and it takes you to a, a page where you can just start digging in. I'd also recommend, again, the demo, uh, because it's, it's, it's kind of one of these products where when we show it to people, they, the light goes on, and they say, oh, yeah, I, I understand, I need that. Um, and they can understand how it works and what it can do. So that's at www.logos.com slash demo, D-E-M-O. And it's a, you know, it's a few minutes and it's well, well worth the, well worth the time invested to check it out. Okay. So what's next for, for Logos? What do you have coming down the pike? Well, we always have more books. Um, that's just something that, that we're always doing is, is publishing more, uh, commentaries. More of every type of book, uh, and those are we use a pre-publication program for that, so that people can show their support for a title before it's published hmm. and place pre-orders, and then they're only billed when it ships. And some projects don't get done; most of them do, but um, you know, sometimes you just don't get enough interest, so we know that that's not something the market wants. Sure. So that's at uh, logos.com/prepub. P-R-E-P-U-B. Those are all listed there. You'll see quite a list of titles. Uh, we also are working on a Macintosh version. That's a question that we'll probably get because this is a, a podcast. Um, yeah, about 25% of our listeners are Mac users. Okay. So, yeah, a bit higher than than the average out there, and that's mm-hmm. great. Um, we we really have wanted to come out with a Mac version for some time, and we're finally at a point where we can, you know, spend the invest the time and money to do it. So that's that development is underway. Um, we've announced a, a scheduled you know, estimated ship date uh, sometime in spring 2006. So um, stay tuned. There are details about that at www.logos.com slash Mac or MacBibleSoftware.com. And it's going to it's going to read all the same book files as the PC version. So when we ship, you'll have you'll be able to cross over if you're a PC you know a user of the PC version now, and you'll also be able to unlock. Uh, from among our 5,000 title backlist. So it'll work with all file, all of the formats? I'd heard at one point that there were certain older formats that it wouldn't be compatible with. It wouldn't read, um, it wouldn't read the old Logos library system, so the, the pre-2001 book files. Okay. Most users have now up, upgraded those. We didn't charge for that, but there was just a process to go through where you had to 
you had to kind of unlock them in Libronics or mm-hmm. open them up in Libronics, and then you would be using the newer versions because okay. we rebuilt all of those. So um, for existing users, that shouldn't be a big problem unless they're stuck way back in the pre-2001 uh, era. But we'll, you know, we'll have ways for them to 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 work with it. And then there are a couple other formats like uh, I think that video files might not work in the first Mac version, um, but it's we only have a couple of products that that would affect. Okay. So the vast majority will will cross over. All right. Well, good. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I really appreciate the chance to talk with you, and um, I hope people check it out. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks. And now it's time for the product suggestion of the week. I've commented before about the saga of trying to get my iPod functional in my minivan so I can listen to Issues Etc. while driving. What? You haven't heard of Issues Etc.? Yeah, right. Anyway, pop over to kfuo.org and subscribe to their podcast. It's excellent, and it's official LCMS stuff. Anyway, we struggled with some speakers for a while, but they were less than ideal because their maximum volume was not loud enough to be heard over the car's motor and wind at 65 miles an hour. If we turned it up too loud, it would cut out since the speakers had some kind of internal breaker to keep it from getting too loud, and it would just shut off. So we went to Best Buy, again, a different store this time. Go to the automotive department and get an FM stereo modulator. Not to be confused with an FM transmitter or the Illudium Q36 Explosive Space Modulator for less than $50 plus $50 installation, which is a whole lot less than the $200 device they tried to shovel on us last time. It taps directly into your antenna line, so your car stereo picks up the signal and thinks it's a radio station, but since it's wired, not broadcasting over the air like an FM transmitter, you get no interference. All you have is an audio cable sticking out from under your dash, and you just plug in your iPod or whatever other audio device you have. Works great for portable DVD players, too. So this suggestion isn't so much a new product idea, but rather something I'd wish I'd known existed a month or two ago. Now if I can just find that Radio Shack receipt and return those speakers. This one's not quite so much internet safety as it is just good Lutheran doctrine of vocation. Don't forward messages that say something to the effect of, if you love Jesus, you'll forward this message. No Christian has the right to tell another Christian how to live out his vocations. Not in those kinds of specifics, at least. When I get those, I reply with a poem written by a good friend, Pastor Rick Andreg. We all enjoy reading inspirational stories, and no doubt it is a part of who we are as humans to enjoy hearing the stories of others. And so when I receive an email, I'm often ready to hear something that will kind of brighten up my day. It's not the inspirational part of the story, however, that is always a problem. As a matter of fact, it's usually the little part that gets added. And after a little while of seeing these different little extras thrown in at the end of emails, They became a little bit distressing to me, so I decided to write my own poem in order to see if I could, in a loving and perhaps even cute way, deal with that bad theology that just sort of gets thrown in occasionally. And so I wrote the following poem. The poem is entitled, How Do I Love Him? I get them all the time. It seems like every day. They tell of others' faith and sometimes how to pray. 
They're meant to spread the word and often get reused. But sometimes they're unclear and I am left confused. Perhaps it is a story of someone who's been blessed or something else uplifting that helps when I'm distressed. They often speak of Jesus, highlighting his great deeds. They tell of how he loves me and always meets my needs. Such great and faithful stories will often change my day. But sometimes there's a catch, which seems as if to say, you must do something with this if you are truly faithful. Make sure you pass this on and prove you're his disciple. Don't leave it in your inbox. Be sure that you hit forward. If you just send it to them, your actions heal reward. How do inspiring stories become a litmus test that say I must do something in order to be blessed? My faith is not a gimmick or some stupendous trick. What proves I love my Savior? A point and then a click? And if it comes down to it, what really matters most? Is it my work for Him or in the cross I boast? Faith can be as simple as trusting what he has done. The grave was left wide open. The victory he has won. Although it must be active, who gets to tell me how? To show that I'm his child and have been changed somehow. Who has the right to measure? I think this surely odd that others would prescribe for me the way to love my God. It is the Spirit's work to make my life brand new. His word is what will guide me and tell me what to do. So if you trust your Savior and know he died for you, then simply keep on trusting and do what Christians do. His grace gives you the freedom to show your faith to others in ways that you decide and he will still uncover Now, if you choose to pass this on to others on the net, remember, it's just something to help you not forget. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. And God's blessings to you. This is Pastor Rick Anderegg. So if you want to pass on a message that has the guilt trip at the end, trim the trip before passing it on. And while you're at it, remove the list of previous recipients from the top. It's just good netiquette. When I don't mention who we're having next week at this point in the podcast, it's usually because I just don't have anyone lined up yet. Only about a third of the people I contact for interviews actually get back to me to set something up. If you or someone you know would be interested in talking about a resource for the Lutheran or Christian community, drop me a line and I'll see what we can set up. And the broadband guys will be here tomorrow to hopefully install a high-speed line for us, at which point I can actually do interviews outside the U.S. via Skype. So if you're outside the country, don't let that stop you. As it stands, I do have someone lined up for next week, and it happens to be Drew Hanninger, president of Olive Tree Bible Software, makers of excellent Bible software for handheld devices like Palm OS, Pocket PC, Blackberry, smartphones, Symbian cell phones. So check back in seven. Don't forget to send me your comments, suggestions, and ideas, and make your mark on our frapper mat. Well, that closes the book on another Lutheran Weekly. 
Remember that you can post comments on our forums at lcmspastor.com slash forum and ask questions of upcoming guests. Your questions will be read on the air during the interview. If you'd like to leave a voicemail to be aired on the show, you may call 206-339-7909 to leave a message. Thank you, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.